This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are back, 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 back again. Now, some of you might know that reference. Clearly, you'll have a sense of what I might have been watching over the weekend. Uh, here we are. Got a great show planned for you. I was stoked to uh, unpack, break down, and discuss this topic. You know, I spend my weekends <clears throat> focusing on rest, focusing on leisure and pleasure, barring all work and labor out of my life. Why? Because weekends are for fun. Um, however, like everybody else, sometimes there's still a lot to do that doesn't get done during the week. And, uh, you know, that's when you do it. So all that to say, I was out reading and researching for actually it's part of what I find very pleasurable and restful is oddly research and writing and reading and, you know, it's self-development, but it's also professional development, right? Because all of that shows up in my professional work. It also shows up, like I said, in my own individual work with myself. It shows up in my relationships, which is why I'm always advocating for, yes, we need to move our bodies for physical health, but that has nothing at all to do with your mental, relational, social, or professional health. All of those things really fall under the rubric of psychological care. What does that mean? It means awesome that you're all are hiking, awesome that some of you are doing fitness classes and CrossFit and the gym and yoga and Pilates and gyrotonic and dance and bar and orange theory and all these wild programs. But please, 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 please make sure you are also lifting muscles for your brain because our mental health impacts our professional health, our social health, our romantic health, and our individual personal health. So read, as I say all the time, some really thoughtful, self-developmental, psychologically-minded stuff. Please journal every day, sitting down and tracking what kind of human being have you been that day? What kind of partner were you? That's the most important thing you can do if you're part of a relationship of any kind, uh, family and, and social. But my God, if you're someone's primary partner, please ask yourself every day, do some kind of um, what would the word be? I don't know. Assessment, tracking, mindfulness, where you say, what kind of partner was I today? Uh, what kind of partner do I want to be? Am I being a good partner? We're assessing ourselves always. What kind of friend am I being? What do I need to work on? Ah, I've noticed maybe my anger or frustration has really been on full blast. Let me work on soothing and staying calm. You know, whatever it is, but you're doing the work. So you're reading stuff, you're listening to stuff, you're doing some writing and journaling, tracking yourself. Uh, you're in some therapy. Um, that that's that's the that's the trifecta right i'm doing all of that because again i want to be good for the people's i want to be good for the people whose lives i i get to be a part of um we never think in those terms so anyway i spend my time doing some of that you know i'm at the gym for my physical i'm hiking for my physical but then i'm also working on the mental 
all of that to say, while doing that, I often, you know, the topics for the show often come from the DMs, uh, my private one, but also the love line one. So I'm always advocating for y'all to put your topics in there, questions, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into, whatever it is. But I'm also constantly stumbling upon them, you know, coming out of my clinical practice, finding articles. And this one popped up and it was about uh, different men revealing the moment that they knew, I think I need to leave this relationship. What occurred that made them think, I think a divorce is necessary. So what am I saying? I'm saying take it with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean that everyone sees these things as issues or deal breakers but it's a nice starting point and something to think about and consider. So again, as always, we're assessing ourselves. So as we go through this, I want you to first say, hey, am I that? Do I do that? I wonder if that's upsetting for my partner. Not necessarily catastrophizing and assuming that means that if I am doing this, that you know they're gonna leave me or divorce me, but you know I can talk about it. Not everyone is in a relationship that has true intimacy. Meaning, not everyone's part of a partnership where we openly discuss what we're thinking and feeling about our partners and about the relationship and what we might need. I want us to be those people. I want us to do more of that. So that's what this topic is really about. And then also, you know, we're assessing others, we're assessing ourselves. But I think it's interesting to look at these things. Some of them are not going to be shocking. Some of them kind of were. Again, this doesn't mean that this is the way everyone thinks, but I think that there's a lot to learn from these. So we're going to drop into that. And um, yeah, I got a few really good topics uh, planned for the week. Not that I don't always, but there's a couple of things that I've been really stoked to kind of talk about, unpack and share. So uh, we'll be doing that. And if you want to check out past episodes of the show, always go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. And um, that's kind of part of that psychological developmental work I want everyone to be doing, not just the physical. (laughs) When does the work end, you ask? I know, it's hard being a human being. (laughs) It's hard being in relationships. It's never ending. But I find the beauty in that. You know, that's meaningful. I, I like to transform and to be transformed. But I'm always advocating for rest, leisure, and pleasure as well. So, you know, we're round, we're rounding it out. But um, yeah, if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Anything you want us to hit, a topic that's been on your mind, something we might not have covered, or maybe we did, and you want us to kind of hit it again with some new thoughts or, um, you know, drop deeper into it. Sometimes I sprinkle topics on the surface very quickly and don't really sit with them at any length and y'all might be left like, wait a minute, what? Say that, say it again, say it more. Um, All right, so we'll be doing all that tonight. So, you know, power pack show, so stick around. We're going to jam out to some music, but we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back. Looking at uh, some things that a study showed individuals... Uh, led them to think, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be in this relationship or marriage anymore. Now we're not pulling the fire alarm when we hear these things. This doesn't mean that everyone is using these as a basis for exiting or you know ending something. Um, but they're things to consider. There might even be talking points, right? So these might be things for you to bring up as topics. Like, hey, how do you feel about this? Hey, how does that impact you? Hey, what comes up for you when you know I bring this up and in? And more importantly, assessing ourselves as always as a partner, thinking like how am I maybe participating or creating this? Oh, is Dr. Chris talking about me? Am I that person? Because the goal in primary partnerships, actually all relationships, but especially primary ones, is to be able to transparently and confidently drop into deeper levels of intimacy, which means sharing those more anxiety-inducing vulnerable parts of ourselves. If you're in a relationship with someone, you have to be able to share with them in a loving, compassionate, respectful way, but you have to be able to share with them what it feels like to be in that relationship and what you might ideally want to be different. There's no such thing as, well, you knew how, who and how I was when you met me. Uh, yeah, boo, but it's years later or months later and you know our relationship has progressed and my needs have changed and you might, you know, like we're allowed to ask for shift and change. Yes, we have to accept who people are while within that global framework, also asking for some tweaks and, 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 and changes and shifts, you know? I mean, we can't try to change someone at their core based on who they are, but we can ask for some changes in the way that we relate to each other. There's a difference, right? Trying to make someone different from who they are versus saying, hey, the way we relate to each other, the relational pieces, I would love some improvement in certain areas. Right. So again, I'm not changing you, but hey, could you be more romantic? I'm not trying to change you, but our relationship needs more care, time and attention. Can you come home earlier? None of those things are requests for someone to be a different person. But yeah, it's a request for some behavior change. And that is mandatory. There's no such thing as, yeah, you know, you are how you are. Do what you do. And I'll just kind of react. No, there's no learning or growth in that. And relationships impact our mental health and we get to have a, a say. Healthy relationships are about equity. I've talked 
on the show a lot about that, meaning everyone gets what they need. It's not about equality, fair is fair. If you do that, then I'm doing that. No, children do that. Adults are more about, hey, we need different things. So, you know, I'll give you what you need, you'll give me what, what I need. But more importantly, it's about mutuality. What does that big word mean? Well, the way I use mutuality, it means that everyone's needs matter. Everyone's needs are as meaningful and legitimate as everyone else's. Everyone's feelings are as legitimate as everyone else's. Um, everyone has equal power and equal say. If you're in a relationship where your needs and, your, and, and whatever you're saying has less power than your partner, you're not in a healthy relationship. Everyone's needs are as legitimate. Everyone's feelings are as legitimate. Everyone's pain is as legitimate. And everyone should feel as empowered. And if not, you need to work on that or that might not be a healthy relationship for you. No one's needs mean more, but the person who's maybe more fragile, more sensitive tends to get more censored or accommodated, but it's okay for you to push back on that and to say, look, I know that what I'm doing or saying is not ideally what you want, but this is important to me and I need you to accommodate that. But that's a whole different show. Um, what we're really focusing on are these things that come up that lead people to want to exit a relationship. And I'm saying, I want us to be able to talk about these things. If you realize that might be me, that might be us, or let's just like keep an eye on this topic because I don't want that to be the kind of thing that brings us down. I advocate for clients every couple months sitting down and checking in and saying, how's this relationship been going? I think everyone at some point should be. I had a, actually, I had a really powerful conversation. I wish I had recorded it. I was like dropping the gems. I was like, I should be on the mic right now. This should be a lecture. This should be my TED talk. Um, but essentially we were talking about relationships and Someone in my life said, uh, oh, you know, I have these friends and they've been together for two years and they're in couples therapy. Isn't that a shame that two years in, that's what they need? And I was like, God smacked. I couldn't breathe. Uh, if I was a dramatic person, I would have like thrown my coffee on the ground for dramatic effect and said, I'm sorry, what? And I went on this beautiful, very intelligent <laughs> monologue about how it's a beautiful act of care when you go into couples therapy. My God, it's saying like you and this relationship mean enough to me that I want to make sure it's healthy for both of us. I want to make sure I'm being a good partner. I want to make sure that there's sustainability in this. And if there isn't, nonetheless, while I'm here, I want this to be something that's enhancing and nourishing for both of us. Bigger than that, we don't know how to be relational. We have no role models. We have very little skill sets. And, and everyone who's in a relationship at some point, I think, should be in individual and or couples therapy to learn who otherwise, where are we getting this stuff from? Our friends, they don't know any better. And their advice is usually horrible from our parents. They learned it from their parents who didn't know any better. Some people, yes, are raised in these beautifully secure, attached uh, affectionately available, intimate relationships. And, and that's awesome. And like, in some forms, I had that. In a lot of ways, you know, I've said this on the show before that up until my father's death a couple years ago, which was probably one of the most profound and traumatic reorganizing events of my life. Um, up until my father's death, my mom and dad who were together for decades still held hands when they drove in the car together. My dad would leave her love notes. My dad would come up from behind to give her a kiss on her neck. He was always giving her like flowers randomly, letting her know how important she was to him. It turned out years later, I found out that every time we traveled and we were a, a family that took a lot of vacations and trips that my parents would go off for the day, I thought. But what they were really doing was getting a hotel room and having sex all day. And I was like, what an amazing thing. Like, I'm so glad they have all of that. And so I was raised in a very affectionate, heavy family. And I have that. Uh, a lot of people aren't and they didn't have good role models and there was a lot of fear or a lot of distance or a lot of silence or a lot of harshness. 
And um, all that to just say we are horrible relationally. We shouldn't learn how to be single. We should learn how to be more relational. If you're single and you want a relationship, learn how to be more relational. If you're in a relationship, learn how to be more relational. That's where the work is. Um, our mental health is tied to the health of those around us. So it's a beautiful thing. Please do it. Make your relationship matter that much. You're going you're gonna to see that we come back and talk about all the reasons why people have wanted to leave relationships. And we're going to learn a lot from it. Some of them are kind of bunk. Other ones are pretty meaningful. So stick around. I'm just, it just might save you. You're listening to Love Line with Dutch Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, y'all. All right, y'all. We're back. Talking about what we can learn from others reporting the reasons why they chose to leave a relationship, right? We can learn a lot from other people's failures. Sorry that happened to you, but what's the takeaway for me? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And again, again and again and again, I want to remind everyone that the length of time that a relationship exists does not determine its health or its success. Not every relationship is meant to be forever. We have to get out of that mindset. It hurts my heart when someone says, oh, the relationship was a failure. Why? Because we broke up. I'm sorry, what? No, it might've been a success because it went as far as it was meant to and you're both healthy enough to say this isn't right for us and you exit. That is part of the game. There is no shame in relationships ending. We have to get away from the idea that forever is the only form or definition of success. There's a lot of people in miserable relationships because they're afraid of being seen as a failure. Dear God in heaven, we need more fluidity. I'm not sad when I hear about the divorce rate. Relationships end. A lot of them should. It's okay to have multiple relationships in the course of your life. It's, it is not realistic to think that we're going to be in one forever or that they're all going to be for decades long. It just isn't realistic. Um, not to get on a history lesson, but I just want to remind y'all when you go back, 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 uh, back, 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 back again, um, I have to stop with that. If you, if you guys know what show I'm referencing, you'll understand why it gets logged in your brain. Um, I, I actually wonder if y'all know what show that is from. Anyway, back to my point. When you go back, 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 <laughs> you know, there's a time when we died at like 16. We were only married for a few years. Then there's a time when we were like dying in our 20s. We didn't have good healthcare. We didn't have good medicine. We thought, you know, we'd put leeches on us to suck blood out to cure illness. It was a mess back then. And um, we didn't have to be together that long. So this whole idea of marriage and monogamy, you know, you only had pulled off for a few years. And most people just didn't anyway. Now... We're living forever. And this idea that we're going to be with the same person for decades, at some point, people will be like, oh, you're supposed to be with me for 100 years. And it's like, we don't always grow in synchronized ways. So for those that pulled off, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm literally, there's no judgment. It's just an acknowledgement of the facts that it's a very odd concept that we should be able to meet someone at 24 or 32 and just for decades it should work and we should grow in the same directions and always have parallel needs and interests. Like not reasonable and it's okay for two people or however many people are in the relationship, a thruple or quadruple, whatever it is, to say like, hey, this isn't what I'm looking for anymore and I wanna transition into friendship or I want to open it up or whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to get away from the idea of there being one right way and it forever is the only thing. Jobs aren't forever. Uh, friendships aren't forever. Uh, fashion styles aren't forever. God bless. All right, I'm going to just stop there before I get on a bizarre tangent. Okay, so let's just look at some stats really quickly. Uh, marriage is hard. We get it. Again, oh, this is the other thing I wanted to mention. Um, and this came out of that uh, conversation that I referenced earlier that I have with a friend who was telling me about two friends of theirs, uh, of his, that had been together for two years and all the issues they had. And, you know, he's like, oh, there's just so much conflict. And I said, you know, that's unfortunate, right? Ideally, we'd love to be in a relationship that doesn't have a lot of conflict or, you know, it doesn't happen often. I said, but 
in terms of mental health and relational health, what matters more is how conflict is managed and dealt with because that's that's expected. Two people with their own lives coming together and trying to create something it, there's it, they're going to bump up against each other there's going to be bumpy times you know no road is you know smooth uh so conflict is a healthy sign that's when trust is built and that's a sign of two people trying to grow together two people trying to self-define um voice and choice you know so important it's how you manage it that's going to determine the health of the relationship. If every time there's conflict, it's dealt with in an oppositional way where we are seen as enemies and it's about just being right, making our point and trying to convince the other person and we don't deal with repair well, well then you're right. It's gonna be exhausting, that relationship is toxic and it's not gonna go long. However, if every time there's conflict you realize we're on the same team, if every time there's conflict you realize it's a we and us, we need to look out for each other. If every time there's conflict you pay attention to your partner and as you're talking, if you see distress on there, face you accommodate it by slowing down by softening by saying hey this sounds like it's landing really hard come here let me hold your hand while i talk and you work on repairing and you work on making sure that you each feel heard and you grow as a result of it well then who cares you expect it you allow it you're not afraid of it but most people don't see it that way we are in this together we look out for each other we come up with mutually beneficial solutions or we haven't found the right solution we are looking at each other as we're as we're talking about this to make sure everyone's feeling loved and cared for and safe, well then, welcome to a healthy relationship. That's going to happen. It's the way we deal with those things that are the problem, not that it happens. And this couple in question doesn't deal with it well, and uh, you know, we'll see how that goes, but that's the important takeaway. So it's okay to be in couples therapy, even from the first week. It's okay to have conflict. It's how you deal with it. It should be lower level. Um, and we have to be in relationships where we can be transparent and talk about what it is we need and how we feel like we're being impacted and maybe what behavioral changes we might want to request. Because again, I'm dropping a lot of gems woven throughout tonight's segment, but uh, we don't criticize, we make requests. Hey, it would mean a lot to me if you would versus you never, you always, you didn't, name calling, that's abuse. Yep, that's abuse. I'm gonna start using those words more, more often to let you know. If you name call and you criticize a lot, you're, that's abusive psychologically and emotionally, 100%. You should never talk to anyone like that. Everything should be a request. Hey, it would mean a lot to me if you took the trash out. Hey, it mean a lot to me if you remembered my birthday. It hurt my feelings that you forgot. Uh, and then you're open to the repair I talked about. Your partner's like, you know what? I really love you and I'm sorry I let you down. And you're like, I get it. I get it. It would just mean a lot. Bam, we move on. We're not afraid of conflict. We manage it well. That's what it should sound like. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, instead of doing a DM, I wanted to just take a moment to talk about what's going on with Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Essentially, what that means for those that aren't 100% up to date is that each state gets to decide for themselves uh, whether or not abortion is kept legal. Um, and we've seen some states trigger an immediate response with um, making it illegal. And a lot of the arguments that are, you know, the arguments I have as well is that this disproportionately affects people in lower socioeconomic classes. So this decision's definitely very classist. Not everyone has the finances to travel for an abortion. Um, also, it's racist. 
and uh, misogynist and very patriarchal. We live in a patriarchal society, not shocking. We live in a classist society, not shocking. White supremacist, not shocking. So this affects everyone that has a uterus and everyone that's able to give birth. Um, cis women, trans women, people that are non-binary. So it's, it's a larger issue, but again, it's going to disproportionate, disproportionately impact those of marginalized and exploited identities. Now, what's really profound to see is that a lot of organizations, some really, really, really big um, companies and organizations have said that they will pay for uh, employees. Uh, Patagonia was one of the first ones I actually saw, and they came out and they said that um, they will bail out any employees that are arrested at abortion protests. Whoa, never in my entire life have I heard such a thing. That is phenomenal. So thank you, Patagonia. And then literally soon after, a huge group of uh, companies, Amazon, Apple, BuzzFeed, Citigroup, Comcast, Dick's Sporting Goods, J.P. Chase, Morgan, Lyft, Levi's, MasterCard, uh, Microsoft, Netflix, Paramount, Sony, Starbucks, Tesla, Disney, Yelp, Zillow, the list goes on, have said, and this is so stunning, that um, they will cover travel expenses for employees to access abortions. So the rally, the rallying of support is happening and uh, we got to get loud. We got to push back. And when it's time to vote, we have to make those votes matter. Listen, I'm not always a fan of the Democratic Party. I'm more, you know, I was a Bernie fan. I'm more of a radical and let this radicalize you. The Democratic Party is far too soft and kind. We need to get a little tougher like the Republican Party, that group of bigots. And uh, we've got to rally. We got to take to the streets. We have to vote in the right people. We have to support the right companies and uh, also stock up on abortion pills because that might be the thing that someone needs. Stock up for your friends and family members. I'm not talking about plan B that prevents unwanted pregnancies within days. I'm talking about the at-home abortion pills for people to self-administer, load up, purchase them. There's going to be issues with that at some point. And for those that, you know, can travel to other cities and states, um, you know, the West Coast, West Coast is the best coast, West Coast, Oregon, Washington, and California are coming together to create a defensive team. And we're going to keep Gavin uh, uh, Newsom has said that we are going to keep it legal in California, not surprised. But uh, people in some of those other states, God bless them, are going to need our care and support. So load up on the abortion pills. If you're in one of those states, maybe if you're not in one of those states to help those around you, also provide housing and maybe some financial support to those that might need to travel and more to come. I'm, I'm blown away at the immediate response with companies and individuals. So we're going to see what happens, but this, let this radicalize you, <laughs> let this politicize you, let this let, help you understand that they're going to try to take away gay marriage and a whole lot of other important rights. The Republican party um, has become so, so toxic and so violent. And uh, unfortunately we're also going to see, a lot of people really struggling with friends and family members because this brings to the surface a lot of people's violent, bigotry, prejudicial perspectives and views. Um, but this is all a mental health issue. This is about reproductive justice. Everyone should have the right to decide what happens reproductively in terms of whether or not they carry a pregnancy to, to um fruition or not. People should have a right to decide what happens to their bodies. It is a mental health issue that someone might be forced to carry a pregnancy that they don't want for nine months or aren't prepared 
to, to carry forward outside of the pregnancy in terms of having the, the finances or the support to raise a child. Some people are in violent relationships. Some people have been raped, but it shouldn't even matter even for those that it was a mistake or they changed their mind or they thought they're ready and then realized they weren't. This should be a basic human right. So we're going to keep talking about it. It has a lot of mental health implications, but um, we all need to do something because we all know people that, you know, have had abortions or will continue to need to. So Loveline will keep talking about it. We'll keep, uh, keep our eye on it. All right, y'all, more to come. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all, we're back. Sorry, I lost myself two segments ago. I was really on a tear. Um, but uh, we were talking about facts because tonight's topic is a whole lot of relational learning. <laughs> but we're also talking about some of the ways, some of the ways, some of the reasons people revealed as to why they felt it was time to end and leave a relationship. You know, we're just getting into it. It's not, you know, it's not everyone's thought process, so don't panic. Uh, but we're looking at some more current research. Again, it depends where you look. The numbers vary quite, quite greatly. Um, but according to one piece of recent research in the past couple of years, um, the divorce rate they claim has dropped by 18%. Again, I, I don't care. I just want to know if these relationships are healthy. Maybe a lot of them were unhealthy and they should have ended. I'm not going to inherently say, oh my God, I'm so sad that the divorce rate's high. I want to understand the quality of those relationships first. And if they weren't high quality and they weren't matches and they weren't compatible and they were you know, poorly dealt with in terms of conflict, well, then it should end and that's okay. And I hope everyone learns from it, moves on and finds something more ideal. Like that's life, man. Things change. Everything isn't forever. That's okay. So, uh, you know, a dropping tells me I hope that relationships are healthier versus people are just sticking around out of fear and anxiety because that's not cool. And, you know, okay. Anyway, uh, here's some reasons that people talked about. One of the number one things that came up, and I actually loved hearing this, some people realized it's time to get out because they approached their partner and said, I think we need couples therapy. And the partner said no. And I'll tell you, I tell couples this all the time willingness to work on yourselves is really all I want to hear. And that makes me feel secure that a couple is, is going to, is going to be good for each other. Again, I'm not going to say words like, Oh, that they're going to be forever because forever doesn't have to be a goal. And that doesn't, and, and that isn't the goal. The goal is that they're healthy for each other right now. And that's all I focus on. So if both parties are like, yes, we'll do therapy. That tells me that they care about themselves. That tells me that they care about each other. It tells me that they care about the relationship. That tells me that they're open to learning and growing. And that makes me feel content signing off on the relationship right now. Don't know where it's going to go next, but right now that makes me feel good. So I appreciate that. If a partner said, I'm not going to couples therapy. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a deal breaker. That's not just a red flag. That's kind of a deal breaker because basically they're saying you and the relationship, which clearly needs help as evidenced by you saying, let's get help from another party. Yeah, I don't care enough. I'm not willing to take an hour out of my entire week. How many hours are there in a week? A, a crap ton. And you won't take one hour out of that entire week to work on your relationship. Please sit with what you're communicating to your partner. You're saying, yeah, you and this is not important to me. And your partner understandably should say, got it. Therefore, I have to readjust my thinking and you aren't either. I gotta go. So I'm on board with that. I'm so on board with that. Most couples should be in couples therapy for some point of time to learn. You can't do that on your own. Even if things are going well, things might be able to be going better. I don't know. It's another day that we'll talk about how you know if you need couples therapy, what to expect. But right now, if your partner's requesting it, the really only good answer is let's do it. If there's not a great answer that makes sense where you'd be like, no, find something affordable. Find, we do. I do telehealth. 
<laughs> you can work with someone from around the world in a coaching capacity. Therapists can only offer therapy under their license in the state they're in. Some states have other rules around that. And it's more flexible, but if not, you can work with a therapist in coaching. Therapists can provide coaching, just not under their license. Okay. What else are we talking about? Because again, we're talking about the reasons people mentioned as to why they left their relationship. This is a big research study. We're looking at the top answers and not going to therapy was number one. I get it. I, I, uh, I think that's pretty much a deal breaker. I can't imagine if I was in, yes, let's just leave it there. The, the next one, this next one's not going to shock you. It's because there was no sex. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. My concern is that people, it, that it is too black and white. Uh, most people do not understand healthy sexuality. Uh, the bulk of therapists have zero training in sex therapy or human sexuality. And I don't know what their stances are because I don't know where they're pulling their stances from. Maybe they're doing the research. That's awesome. But um, <clears throat> remember, when someone says we're not having sex, I have a thousand questions. Was it always like this? <laughs> Is the sex even worth having? Are both of you pushing on your edges and keeping it fun and, and interested? Um, is one of you unwilling to participate in sex? Are you monogamous? Because if you're monogamous, you need to be open to providing partnered sex. Otherwise, you're forcing your partner into celibacy, and that's emotional and sexually abusive, actually. You can't deny someone sex. What am I saying? Yes, we're allowed to say no. Yes, we're allowed to have boundaries. And yes, consent matters. I'm talking in a more global sense. You can't say to someone, I want a monogamous relationship with you, meaning you can only have partnered sex with me, and we're going to sign off on that. But then I'm also going to deny you sex, thereby forcing you into celibacy. That's an act of sexual abuse to deny someone an erotic life. If you are no longer interested in having sex, you need to talk about it. See a certified sex therapist, a CST, not a sex addiction therapist. That's some made up crap. It's a certified sex therapist or a couples therapist. Ideally, you see a certified sex therapist because it's sex. And you talk about it and you work on it. You find ways to provide something. You might not be interested in intercourse or penetration, but you provide some form of sexuality while you're figuring out what that's about. That is also why I say before you make any commitment to someone, please have a lot of sexual experiences with them. Because if you want a monogamous relationship, which is still the number one chosen form of relational functioning, you better make sure that sexuality has the chemistry and the compatibility necessary. Otherwise, you're giving up on that. So you want to assess that. And if someone asks you to be monogamous, you better ask yourself, is this the kind of sex I want to be a part of and that I'm willing to participate in? So yes, if it is just non-existent and it's been that way for a long time and neither one of you are willing to work on it, it almost goes back to the prior point of just not being willing to go to couples therapy. So yes, it should end if someone says, I want to work on sex and the other person says no. All right, we're going to talk more about this when we come back. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back having a hard conversation. We're talking about the top reasons reported as to why people wanted to leave relationships and marriages. And they're reasonable to me. The first one, the main one, the number one one was that they didn't, one party or both weren't willing to do couples therapy. Yeah, that's a red flag. <laughs> it's basically saying, I don't care about you or the relationship. I won't take one hour out of my entire week of all the hours <laughs> to work on this. Yeah, peace. Um, that's a big bummer y'all. And then the other one is non-existent sex, which I said, you know, sex is workable. I want to understand, is it rooted in body shame? Has your body changed? Has your partner's body changed? Is it rooted in medication, which can decrease, decrease our libido? Are we dealing with stress or mental health issues? Have we dealt, are we going through grief and loss? Like those are reasonable things. Also our, our sex lives are going to ebb and flow like everything else. It, 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 you have to hold space for it to change, but you have to be willing to talk about it and to say, what do we think the issue is and how can we work on it and maybe see a certified sex therapist to CST um, and and work on it but sure 
without knowing any anything more, if someone's like, I don't, you know, we don't have sex and have it in forever and neither one of us want to work on it or my partner won't, I appreciate someone saying, I want access to partnered sexuality. I didn't sign up for monogamy to be celibate. And so we have to talk about opening up, working on our sex lives, or maybe we are meant to just be friends. Maybe the romantic sexual part of this has ended and we should transition into friendship and we should both go find romantic sex partners. Because remember, the purpose of a romantic, a romantic partner is romance. Yeah, that's right. And if it's just not non-sexual, non-romantic partnership. Some people are cool with that. A more companion style marriage or relationship. Awesome. Those people wouldn't be complaining. Their needs are met. But for those of you where your needs aren't met and you don't want that, maybe it's time for you to talk about just being friends. Um, but yes, if it's a long time going on, it's not happening. See a sex therapist or maybe realize we got to talk this through and figure it out or it's time to bounce. I get it. Now it's going to get a little clunkier. <clears throat> One of the number, the number three reason reported, and I am giving you all the numbers so you can see how important these things were to people, was finding a partner going through their phone. There was a time we didn't have that. You can maybe, I don't know, look through their journal, which is just as bad as the phone. But for those that don't have journals, there really wasn't much digging you could do. Now we're going through people's phones. And for a lot of people, that is such a sign of a lack of trust and such a severe violation of their boundaries that they're like, I don't want to be a part of that. Now, here's the caveat. If you are doing shady things and you aren't worthy of being trusted, well, then I understand the impulse. I'd rather the person say, I don't trust you. We have to work on building trust because going through their phone doesn't build trust. It actually keeps the anxiety going. Um, People also smarten up. So if you feel like you need to go through someone's phone, you actually need to sit down and have a talk with them. Because again, as I say it over and over, you either need to learn how to trust or you need to be with a partner that's worthy of trust. And you got to figure out which one it is and what that work is. But just going through their stuff isn't okay. You don't have a right to do that ever. It's called privacy and boundaries and you violated it. So you have you, you have poor boundaries. So you got you to gotta look at it. Is it a trust issue? Is it a boundary issue? Is it an entitlement issue? But the people on the receiving end is the number three reason why some people are like, I'm going to go because you don't trust me. I'm assuming the person was worthy of trust and they don't like this violation of boundaries. I get it. I get it. Doesn't feel good. Shocking to some, the cheating word isn't number one, isn't number two, and wasn't even number three. It's number four. Um, cheating, once a cheater, always a cheater. No way. People grow and change. And you have to understand what that was about. Uh, relationships become closer, stronger, better as a result of saying, hey, have we both contributed to that system? Or if it's just one individual's stuff, if they take accountability and they work on you know, resolving and healing and all of that, well, then we learn. We learn. People are going to hurt us throughout the duration of our lives on different levels. The key is to understand their heart. The key is to understand their accountability. The key is to understand what was driving it, what it's a symptom of, so we can feel safe and secure. The key is for that partner to explain how it's not going to happen again. And those are all the necessary elements. Um, but that infidelity for some is an immediate deal breaker. They don't want to know if, when, why, where, how, who, and they bounce. That's unfortunate because I'm not saying that it's reasonable, but I'm saying that people hurt each other. People let each other down and we want to figure out what that's about. We want to try to learn and grow from it and we can. And I see a lot of beautiful stuff come out of that. But for some, that was a profound reason to just bounce. Um, all right, we're going to skip around a little bit just for the sake of time. Then we get into some of the lower level stuff. Uh, this one, uh, when I actually, I, I like the spin on this. One of the other reasons reported 
it wasn't that they saw their partner flirting with someone because people are going to acknowledge other attractive people in the world. Everyone has a different definition of flirting. It's not really about that. It was the people were reporting that they just didn't even care. And not in a healthy way, not in a healthy way as in like, oh, I feel safe and secure and that person's noticing someone who's attractive and they're talking and that's cute. They meant it more like, I don't even care what they do. I, I am so out of this that I don't even care uh, about the fact that they might act actually be stepping towards something problematic. Um, here's a quote that was actually put out there. We were at a holiday party and I saw my wife powerfully flirting with another guy. Um, I just didn't even care. In fact, I thought good for her. And then I realized that's not a sign, a good sign for our future. Cause this person was realizing I'm drifting. I have one leg out of this relationship and that's a bad sign. You want both feet in. If you have one foot out, you're not fully committed. And uh, it's important to recognize that. And it's more important to assess what that's about. But, um, yeah, this person was like, that was a sign. I'm just this perceived symbolic loss as it might be seen by others that are fully invested. It isn't that for me. It's a sign that I just don't care. And I was like, it's an important realization. You know, think about that, that drifting, that shutting down, that distancing, it can manifest or express itself in a lot of different ways. And for a lot of people, that's a sign that like, maybe this has kind of run its course or a sign to work on it and to call it out and to say, Hey, I'm starting to have these feelings. How about you? You know, how can we come back together and work on this? So not all this should be deal breakers. Honestly, a lot of them should be calls to action, you know, moments of reckoning where you get vulnerable, get anxious and really talk about what you're thinking, feeling and needing. So you can, um, resolve. All right. We're going to come back and talk more about the reasons why people are bouncing out, but, uh, we'll also be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our love line and G page questions, topics, things you want us to hit, drop back to and past episodes of the show over at, we are Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge post, re-listen and share, but we'll be back. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey stick around y'all. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, y'all, we're back. We're just kind of closing out our discussion of the top reported reasons why people wanted to end a relationship or a marriage. 
talking about the one of them saying, hey, not interested in couples therapy. Oof, change won't come. Um, that was a hard one. Also looking at and talking about sex being non-existent, the impact that has on individuals. Also the violations of privacy and boundaries by going through someone's phone. Uh, talked about cheating. Talked about that dark n moment of the soul when you see your partner symbolically maybe moving towards someone else or stepping outside of some of the monogamy contract and you're just kind of like yeah good for them i don't care and you're like whoa i have one foot out of this relationship uh commitment from me is not really there i'm not saying you should be jealous jealousy isn't inherently a sign of commitment and care what i'm saying is it's that resignation where someone sees something and they're literally vocalizing i just don't care I i'm not in this anymore this isn't important valuable to me that's what i'm really kind of calling out that deeper moment um yeah but again all of these things have a workability to them i don't think they have to be such hard lines and a lot of people treat them that way it's one thing i one of the things i'm concerned about a lot of people have these hard lines and a lot of these things are actually red flags not deal breakers the difference being a deal breaker is like i'm out immediately red flag is like let's talk about this let's work with this let's track this you know and a lot of things are red flags not deal breakers you have to kind of see what it means where it goes what's possible all right another top reason one individual not wanting kids when the other one did that's a hard one and for some people, it's a hard line where they're just like, I don't want kids. And the other person's like, I do. Uh, well, guess what? There's no real compromise in that one. I don't advocate for someone having children and being a parent when they don't want to be. <laughs> uh, and so sometimes you realize we should be friends then. If you want a child within a committed monogamous primary relationship, you might say, I can't be that partner. Or you're on the other end saying like, I need a partner who's all in. I don't want to have to convince someone. Because again, who wants to be with someone who's going to be a parent begrudgingly? You know, not actually wanting to be. That sounds horrible for you, them, and the kid. Um, yeah, sometimes time to go. Here's another interesting one that came up. When <laughs> some, again, we're talking about people's reported reasons as to why they left a marriage or a relationship. Being jealous when you hear about someone else's divorce. Wow. That kind of goes back to that whole sign of uh, the whole statement around not caring when you see your partner maybe drifting away from you. This is another one. Someone's getting a divorce and you're like, man, that sounds great. I wish I had that. Bam. Another reported reason was developing feelings for someone else. Again, that doesn't have to be a deal breaker. It really depends. There's so much more. I have a thousand questions. It, that's just not enough. We're going to be oriented and drawn towards other people. That doesn't necessarily mean we don't care about what we have. It might be a call to action, as I keep saying, to go back and invest more in your primary relationship, realizing I want to feel those feelings again. Can I bring that romance and that interest and that excitement back to my partnership? Let me try. Often what we're seeking in others, we need to create with our current partner. You know, but sometimes we resign to the fact that we can or we won't, and you can and you should. <laughs> um, let's see another one. Um, wow, this is another heavy one. Uh, once children left the house, uh, we slipped into a lot of silence, meaning they had a child centered relationship where they only related to each other by talking about stuff about the kids. And then once the kids are gone and it's not really such a centered topic, who are we as a couple? What do we like to talk about? It becomes very scary, very lonely, and that's why it's important to keep date nights. It's important to keep a relationship that doesn't involve the kids in any way, shape, or form so that you have your relationship built around other things. Very scary. Uh, here's another one. Someone said, I realized when my husband was traveling a lot and I didn't even miss him. There's a healthy version of that. Happy to have some alone time, but you might still miss them. This person saying, I didn't, and I wasn't happy knowing they were coming back. I liked my time away from them and wanted more of it. Yeah, that's not a good sign. 
But again, I want you to try to maybe create the kind of relationship that you do want to be a part of, and then maybe you can miss your partner. So again, put a little more work in. These shouldn't be such hard line ones. Um, another one, someone saying that we couldn't find anything to talk about. I think that again, is we get too familiar not talking. We get too familiar only talking about comfortable, superficial topics, never dropping deeper down into the vulnerable thoughts and feelings. Because even if you just sat at your office desk cubicle for eight hours, you still thought things and experienced things and felt things. You dreamed of things. Your, your life is bigger than that. Express those parts, share those parts, bring those parts home to your partner. See a couple other ones. We'll kind of close out on this. I started resenting their requests. It's a heavy one. Oh, this one, I didn't want to turn into my in-laws. But here's the thing, you don't have to. None of these things are mandatory or promised. If you don't like where you're at, if you don't like the state of your marriage or relationship, change it. It's plastic, it's malleable, change it. Create a vision for how you want it to be. Get your partner on board with that and start implicating that, implicating that, enacting that, applying that. Move towards what you want, but you have to be able to talk about the fact that things aren't ideal and you have to get all parties on board. Um, sometimes things are too far gone. I appreciate that. Try couples therapy, try some sex therapy, try to have those honest, hard conversations done with compassion, care, and love and respect, but have them. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna be doing some DMs. That's right, you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, always confidential, always anonymous, helping other people as we're helping you. Put your questions in there. Also, feel free to drop topics in there you want us to cover, hit, drop back to, drop deeper into whatever it is. And past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Rachel, we are back and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, uh, let's see, I'm adopted. My birth mom was on drugs with my sister and I, and we ended up getting taken away at a very young age. We are both fully functioning adults, have jobs, homes, and we're doing great. That's awesome. My entire life, I've stayed away from drugs. Alcohol, I'm okay with because I know my limits and I make sure that I'm surrounded by good people if I decide to drink. However, recently my friends have been talking about how they want to take a trip and do drugs, mostly Molly mushrooms. I've stayed away my whole life due to the fear of becoming dependent on drugs because it's in my blood. My question is, is that even a real thing? Um, no, it's not a real thing. <laughs> you know, everyone's relationship to drugs or alcohol is going to be different, determined by a lot of things. Trauma, we know, is the gateway to addiction. Addiction is a result of trauma. It's also a result of faulty coping mechanisms. It's also the result of attachment issues. There's no such thing as an addict. Everyone has a different thing that is driving their problematic relationship to drugs and alcohol. Um, and, and that's the important part of what we'd call addiction is understanding what, what is that about? Is it about cognitive distortions? Is it about faulty coping mechanisms? Is it about attachment issues where you turn to drugs instead of individuals? Um, is it about the social environment that you're a part of and it's been normalized? Is it just that you need to learn healthier ways to use? Is it that you just need to take a break? If you are managing your drinking, I'm going to trust that you can manage your drugs. 90% uh, of people that are drug users have no addiction issues. It's only 10% that do. And those people tend to have a history of trauma. You don't seem to have one. You seem to be high functioning. And no, inherently being adopted does not mean that it's a trauma. In fact, it seems like it's the opposite for you. Um, you've managed drinking. I assume you'll manage drugs and alcohol. I'm sorry, uh, drugs. Just keep, keep an eye on it. You know, be thoughtful about when you use, how you use, where you use. But no, it's not in your blood. Um, 
it's not just there's not a it's not a genetic thing nothing genes don't work like that there's so much more that goes into why certain things manifest in some individuals but um no there's a lot of people that are carry the same genes and are all family members and related and some have an issue and some don't and that's because it's more contextualized and, and specific than just if your mom and dad do well then you do too it doesn't work like that but we know as a result of trauma that we have we have three to five times depending on how many traumas you have of an increased chance of using drugs and alcohol and if we're five plus higher uh, 190% of a chance of having things like psychosis. Um, so it's more related to those early environmental things that don't seem to be in your history. But again, more importantly, you manage alcohol. I trust you'll be able to manage drugs. Keep an eye on it. Um, there's no reason to think that that'd be a problem if anything else hasn't been in your life. Um, we'll go to another, we got another time. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm on several dating apps. Really bothers me that some of these men and women are putting COVID negative in their bios. Is this just annoying me or is that the way of the future? Why does it bother you? <laughs> I'd want to know. I'd want to know if I was going to meet up with someone on an app. When's the last time they were STI and STD tested and also whether or not they are COVID vaccinated or tested. Yeah, I think it's smart. I don't want it again. That's why I am still being very thoughtful about where I'm going and who I'm around. I'm not going into any large crowded spaces and definitely nothing indoors. I, I'm actually going to be a lot more thoughtful moving forward in general, but yeah, that's legit. That's legit, especially in hookup culture. People should be asking questions like that. I don't know why that's annoying to you. I'm assuming you're not you're not uh, vaccinated or tested. I don't I don't really know, but yeah, I want people to be asking questions like that. Oh, that that's now part of sexual health and wellness, and I think social health and wellness. I don't think it's discriminatory, um, but yeah, people people are putting it out there. You know, um, I worry more about people putting shaming things in bios. You know that other people shouldn't have to encounter or stumble upon. Um, yeah, let's worry more about that. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, questions or topics, things like that, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. A lot of wacky stuff going on in the world, y'all. So please, please, please. Take a break from the news and scrolling because you're going to be flooded with all reports and updates and interviews and commentary on what's going on in the world. We need a break from it. You know, news doesn't change that fast. So take a few hours away from it, if not an entire day. Go do some self-care. Do something fun, please. Spend your, spend your downtime doing something fun. Joy, pleasure, rest leisure, you know, change the conversations. We don't want to just be sitting in this. It's going to overload our nervous systems and our psyches. So uh, be thoughtful about that. But I'll remind y'all because that's what we do here. Very self-care focused. Um, all right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Enjoy the rest of your night. Be kind to yourself and those around you. We're dropping the bar. And uh, as always, thanks for hanging out. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.